Welcome to The Purpose Project. I'm Emily, a 23-year-old graduate student who's on her journey to find her purpose. I mean, who isn't? On this podcast, we'll chat through the good, the bad, and the ugly, having raw and real conversations about lifestyle, career, health, and mindset. The path to find your purpose isn't easy, but we can do it together one episode at a time. Welcome to the Purpose Project. Welcome back. Welcome if you're new. Welcome, 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 welcome all. I'm so excited that you clicked on today's episode and you are here with me and our wonderful guest to hear some really great conversations and advice. I'm not even gonna give you guys a long intro today. I just wanna dive right into the content because it is that good. So today I was joined by Sam Jones. He is the celebrity and influencer life coach. He is just phenomenal. The conversation that we get in is everything. We talk about him and his career and how he's gotten to where he is today, what life coaching is, why people search for life coaches. We also dive into social media and how our self-esteem and confidence can really fall into the grasp of social media and how we we can control that. Um, and I know we've talked about that before on the podcast and I know you guys love that content. So super excited to talk about that. Then we also answer a ton of questions that you guys, the listeners asked, and you guys asked some really good questions. So we talk about imposter syndrome, fear of failure, and so much more. This episode is so good and I'm so excited and honored to have had the chance to chat with Sam. Um, He's a really great guy and he has some really, really, really good words of wisdom throughout this entire episode. So Sam's information is all down in the show notes. Definitely go check that out after you listen to this episode. But without further ado, let's dive right in. I hope you guys enjoy and I will chat with you afterwards. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Purpose Project. Today, I have a very special guest. I have the celebrity influencer life coach, Sam Jones, here with me. Hi, Sam. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. So go ahead and hop right in. Give us a, like a little elevator pitch in like one minute or less. Who is Sam Jones? Well, first of all, it's a lot less impressive than celebrity, influencer, or coach. It's basically, <laughs> I'm not a celebrity or an influencer by any shape, way or form. It's just, it's funny. I'm, I'm a life coach, but a lot of my clients became celebrities and influencers as I progressed throughout the years. But that's basically me in a nutshell. I'm a life coach. I help people get from point A to point B. I'm not a life guru where I have all the answers or anything like that. My job is very much about seeing people's challenges, unlocking those because everyone that you meet and all my clients are very capable, um, very good in the areas that they work in and just have ambition or they're having a bit of a rut or they're in a bit of a plateau. So my job is to really work them through that, like the little hype man, I suppose, in their corner, but with a little bit of skill as well. And then you just sort of yeah. get that bit. But it's an amazing job. It's a fascinating world being a life coach. I've been doing it for eight years. I'm fortunate to work with about 300 clients now and uh, a good bit of brands and some people that I just, I really respect and enjoy working with. I do have a bit of a pinch me job where you're like, why am I getting paid for this? Like, this is awesome. Um, so yeah, it's a wonderful world and a wonderful job. And I think we'll unpack today a few different things about it, just to hopefully give some practical tips and examples for people. I'm very much a hands-on practical sort of guy. So hopefully we get some of that today. Awesome. Super cool. And I've always been very interested in the life coach, like just that area. It's just so interesting how people fall into that career. Like it makes you question, I'm sure you question this all the time, like that pinch me thing, like what what makes me give value to other people's life? Like what makes me coach people's lives? Like how did I get here type of thing? So I'm always super interested about that. So feel free to go in as much or as little depth as you want on this question, but I want to start off by hearing your story and the path that you followed to go after this life and this career and this life coach journey that you've been on. Go ahead and talk us through it. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of good careers come from a very personal place for people so that they've had some sort of experiences in their early life or a life experience that's happened to them that's pushed them in that direction. And I can note several things as I look back now to do with my mental health journey. So issues within my family with mental health and 
I was very lucky with mental health, had some struggles, but nowhere near as much as people in my family struggled. So that made me very conscious of the mind and conscious of, I suppose, personal development, if you will. It sort of gave me an initiation into that, that taking care of your mind and going after what you want was super important. I was also, I was always keen for a group of people to do well. I, I always want myself to do well, but I, for one reason or another, have this real desire for others to do well. And that doesn't make me a, you know, a boy scout or some sort of wonderful person. It's just something that I really attribute to. I remember when I was a kid, I used to play, love playing cooperative games, like multiplayer games versus playing like single player. I just love that. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of a weird example, but you get what I mean. <laughs> and uh, I, I always went to that. And I, I, one thing that only came to me recently is I remembered when I was in my late teens, and I think a lot of people maybe relate to this, I was watching a show that was on MTV and I think it was called 100 Days to I Lose Weight. It was like a weight loss channel for teens, basically. Mm. It's a bit outdated now, but the premise was uh, there was elements of losing weight, but it was more about their mental journey through that. And I was really intrigued by that. There was this one mentor on there, a guy called Joey, absolutely massive stacked guy from, from the US. It was a US program. And he was just the most cool dude you've ever met in your life and he was just so inspiring and he was like really down to earth as well he wasn't preachy he wasn't fluffy he was just on the money with things and I thought wow if I had the confidence to do that because I wasn't too confident back in my sort of late teens really that would be amazing and that sort of must have planted something in my mind fast forward a few years I was on uh, benefits in the UK which is what's it welfare I think in the US Mm-hmm. Um, job seeks allowance and I come from a, a not like a good background like normal middle class background so I felt really ashamed that I hadn't made something of myself and I went I had to rely on the government for a few months to do that and people have it a lot worse and for me it was like right I need to take hold I need to build up my confidence I need to go after things and yeah it just everything started to point me in the direction as I got on my feet I ended up getting a good job and I got established in that over the first sort of year two years everything was putting back towards coaching but I had no idea what coaching was it was very blurry I had no idea then this random advert came up on my uh, google it was in a two-day event I went along I both loved it and hated it I loved it because it was it was this what this Joey guy did it was you know and it was helping people progress and I could see the benefits myself as well and on the other side I hated the fluffiness of it I hated the the things that were really intangible or or they were based off bullshit if I can be honest like a few things and people were doing that the exciting bit for me was even though I was super green in this area and I had literally no idea when I look back now I was just I had no I was so naive I thought if I can make this or build something as a coach where it's very accessible it's very like down to earth it's not fluffy it's straight talking if I can develop that as as an individual that would be a cool thing to do I had no idea where it would go and I did and I built up slowly I built up gradually reputation I started building my client base um, I also had dips and failed loads but then it was it was great I was I was able to build up this life coaching process it was very difficult there was like any business in a- any area I had moments where it was tough to pay the rent or whatever. I had to pay £700 for rent and I was earning, say, £720 or something stupid like that a month. But, you know, you sort of stick at it and you get good at what you do and then it, it sort of spreads like that. And I've, I've been amazed at things I've been able to do. It's, I've been very, very fortunate. I mean, for the listeners out there who don't know who Sam is, all of his links will be down below. So definitely go check out his work. I mean, you've worked with over 300 clients, clients from all over the world, correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's it's typically in the UK, um, but across US and Europe. But the main thing about obviously where we live in now, it's great that we can reach lots of people. But I think a lot of people out there tend to limit themselves on what they they might be able to do in a work capacity, and that's why I really you know implore people to be very creative and things like that. Like a lot of stuff I've done, which is outside the remit of coaching. Like I did a a research project on well being, which was a, quite a simple survey or questionnaire at its core but it was based off a lot of uh more technical or or things to do with coaching and it was able to identify a lot of problems that 20 somethings or millennials were having with that and that really helped me not only understand what I was doing but it got me a lot of opportunities as well and it's a great thing in your career just to not box yourself in and be able to try and innovate and try different things I think it's very very important 
I, I agree with everything you just said, especially before when you were talking about how some life coaches just are very, like you said, fluffy. And it's just all this like lovey dovey stuff. I feel like, I feel like when I, if I were to look for a life coach, I would want someone to give me the tough love, the real thing, the real advice and the real like shit I need to hear. Um, and that's what kind of gets you through that. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about that. Can you explain to me and my listeners, not a textbook definition, but what is a life coach? Yeah, it's it, without any definition. It's as I sort of mentioned earlier, it's getting somebody from point A to point B. That's the big goal of when you hire a coach, whether you're doing a coach like myself, which is life coaching, or it's something like a sports coach or a boxing coach. They're trying to get someone from where they are to where they want to be. And that has a load of different challenges. Like within the first five or 10 minutes of meeting someone, I have to try and learn as much about them as possible mm. to understand what's important to them, what they are actually saying versus the words coming out of their mouth. Um, they've got to understand where they're kidding themselves or what's known as like the bullshit detection. You've got to understand mm. where they're trying to show their representative to you versus who they actually are. And then what you start to understand is, is what problems is this person facing that they feel is, is really meaningful to them? What outcomes would actually change their life where it would make them feel more fulfilled? It would determine their metrics of success because everyone's are different. And then what certain exercises or tasks or different things that you might need to do in order to get them there. And I've got to try and do all of that in half an hour when I'm first speaking to someone, as well as see if I'm a good fit for them and they're a good fit for me, which they have to decide as well, which is not everyone. That's the thing. I am not the perfect coach for everyone. It's about 90% of people I meet, I can see I can really help them um, and we're a good fit. But it's 10% that either I'm not the right guy, they'd be better with, say, I don't know if it's a therapy approach or maybe a, mm -hmm. a specific dating coach, let's say, if they were some of their relationships. Um, or they're just not not a good fit. So it's basically that. It's getting people from point A to point B, seeing all the difficulties and, and blockages in the middle, getting those out of the way, like limiting beliefs and like low confidence and then taking getting them to take action in order to change it. So one even better way to explain it or what I'd say to clients or prospective clients or just anybody looking to get a coach or any sort of change work is, a lot of it is learning to do the basics in your life very, very well. If you can learn to do the basics very, very well, that's how you can get to more purpose in your life. That's how you can become more fulfilled, become generally happier or experience more moments of happiness um, or be become more productive. It's doing a lot of the basics well. That's what coaching enables you to do. Yeah, absolutely. I personally just got done with a coach, a personal fitness coach. But I mean, the reason I wanted to do it is because I wanted to learn those basics. I wanted to better understand nutrition and this and that. And once I got a better base of that, like my happiness went from point A to point like triple Z. Like it was insane in about 16 weeks, the amount of basics could help me get there. So I totally understand what you're saying. listening to right now, you're guaranteed to love my podcast. Hi, my name is Vanessa Rock, the host of the On The Rocks podcast, a podcast all about life, love, and the pursuit of a great cocktail. I'm a 22-year-old college student living in San Diego, California, who's just trying to figure my shit out. And that's what I bring to my podcast, an open, honest, vulnerable conversation focused on self-development. I like to bring guests on who are passionate about what they do, and I've also even gone as far as to bring virtual dates from apps like Bumble and Hinge to my podcast to discuss if we think we're compatible or not. I love to talk about what I'm drinking, who I'm dating, and what I'm doing. You're not going to want to miss the episodes that release every single Thursday, available wherever you get your podcasts. Can you talk a little bit about some reasons why people come to a life coach? Um, some topics that maybe are very common that you work with or topics maybe that aren't. What are reasons that people search for a life coach? Yeah, it, a lot of people tend to either be, have lost a level of direction in their life or they're in a bit of a plateau. Um, there, it's then affecting how they feel about themselves, so maybe their confidence, maybe they're becoming highly self-critical or they've always been very self-critical of themselves, or they just feel like they are getting in their own way and they're not able to move forward. Because a lot of 
moving forward or taking action, if you will, is usually down to how the individual feels about themselves. Mm-hmm. Everyone I meet are, are completely capable individuals. Like it's not that you're dealing with people that have no idea what to like, how to manage themselves. It's just very hard when life's so busy and we're constantly online. We've got a job to look after. We've got family to look after. We've got to think about our fitness. We've got all these different life areas. It becomes like overwhelming to really progress ourselves and move forward. So it's often that people come to you because they need to almost step back and take a look, an objective look at where they're at in their in their world. Because it's very important. It's their world. How I see the world and how you see the world is going to be different from how Jim, Susan, whoever else see the world, right? So it's those common things. It's usually there. It's some sort of plateau. They've lost a bit of direction. But the myth tends to be is that people will access coaching when their life sucks and it's all over. Like most of the people I meet are, on paper if you were to look at them think super successful or doing very well it's usually just one or a few things in their life and not going the way that they want right now or they want to get to that next level they want to get to like 2.0 version of themselves that's really it and we all on some level need some sort of coaching or mentorship or even to go dig a little bit deeper if we need to go into that therapy route every now and then and then it just it pushes you forward, right? Just whether it's yourself as an individual or yourself in your career, it's amazing. I access coaching. I access mentorship. I'm always training like the amount of money for that because it helps boost you forward, right? It's um, it's a great yeah. thing. Absolutely. And you heard it here, folks. Coaches get coaches. Like I, I was had to tell that and I was like, that makes sense. Like coaches have coaches and I don't think I ever realized that before. So um, it's a really important resource that everyone has. And I don't think really a lot of people realize that they have that resource. So let's talk a little bit about some of the work that you've done. So most of your clients are influencers per se. So those people that are present on social media. And a lot of the things I talk about in this podcast is social media based and how social media can affect confidence, can affect your self-esteem, all of it. Especially in this day and age that we're in right now, social media is like a very big premise of our day-to-day lives. So can we chat a little bit about how social media and how our self-esteem can really be affected by these platforms and like what you've seen through your coaching? Yeah, I'm super fortunate to have seen a real backdoor, I suppose, like a secret entrance to how social media works. I think most people can surmise now about the effects of social media and how they can impact well-being, self-esteem, as you mentioned. Everyone has read an article or heard something about it. And the key thing to think about with social media from people I've worked with that are the that rely on their business, you know, um, to grow their social media channels to people that are almost um, personalities, if you will, online, is that social media is something that can either help you and move you forward and make something incredible, or it can hinder you. And it is very much down to the individual in their approach of how it does that. The big challenge we have with the everyday person, the the me and you, and, and even influencers, celebrities, everything like that, is that what we put out in the world is often an exterior view of who we are or how we feel. And it's not often an interior feeling or internal, sorry, feeling of how we feel. So what we'll often do is you or me will go online and we'll scroll through and we'll see Susan up there and she's on the beach in Italy and she's looking tanned and she's with a boyfriend and you're comparing your relationship, your body, your lifestyle to her when that's her outer world. And you're comparing it to your inner world or how you're feeling. So what happens is then you have a skewed view of how, was her name Jane? I can't remember what I called her. Susan, how, Susan <laughs> Jane and Susan. I lose track of my names. Um, how Susan's looking on uh, in her life versus how you're feeling. Maybe you're just having a chilled night sitting on the sofa. Maybe you had a bit of a bad day. Or you had a row with one of your customers or, or your boss or something. Okay. So it gives us a skewed version of what, our worth is or how we're feeling about ourselves Mm. why that's important for everyone whether social media is just something you just use or it's something that is a big big part of your life and your work is that we need to make sure what we put into it is truthful is honest and we can stand behind it and be proud of it Mm -hmm. that's very very important because something funny starts to happen to our self-worth and our self-image and how we identify with ourselves when we put out things that are looking for the likes or things that are looking for attention or things that are going to, 
you know, I do it for the, the bad intentions or something to get forward. And this is not because we are evil. This is just because it's a potent cocktail when you get rewarded for putting stuff out there. It's, I could talk about it for hours, but the amazing thing about my job is that because I see behind the curtains, I can see the fake vulnerability or the um, fake authenticity where people now see that it's gets them a lot of engagement when they pretend almost to be authentic or they pretend to be vulnerable, but that it's very calculated. If you can truly put yourself into the social world and be stand behind that and be proud of it, that's what can protect your self-esteem. That's the way it's a big uh, topic, but it does come down to truth and you've got to be able to be true to yourself when there, which sounds a bit cheesy, but that is the core and crux of it in order to protect your self-esteem and, and build your confidence. That that was all so true. And like, I was literally just like nodding the entire time because I feel like a social media, your social media platform is yours and it's a reflection of who you are. And I've found that especially, I feel like men and women in my generation are just constantly trying to post what they're doing. Everything that they're doing, they're showing. Oh, I got a cup of coffee. Click. Let's post. Oh, I'm out with friends. Oh, I'm getting engaged. Like always showing. And they're always showing all the good things too. It's never the bad stuff that's happening behind the scenes. So you always are having that comparison. So do you have any advice for anyone that may be really in that social media space that is struggling with comparison 24 seven of just seeing all of their friends doing all of these amazing things and they're just in their life and then start comparing themselves to other people on social media. Yeah, there's some real practical things you can do straight away. So this is often a conversation. I just want to put a positive spin on it. People with one and a half million followers are having this same issue. Okay. So it's not just me and you, the everyday people. It's I say everyday people, we're all the same, but you know what I mean? Like people that yeah, live in this that have a the following. Same yeah. Yeah, completely. It's it's happening at every level for people that you think are successful or they're beautiful or all these bullshit ideas that we put in our mind it's it, everyone has or maybe have had things to do with that so the first thing you can do quite practically if you're in a space right now where you're unable to look at something without it um pushing a few buttons within you where it's like this is affecting my self-worth for the time being you need a bit of a break from it you need to disengage as you don't want to do that forever because you can't avoid things and just constantly stay in your little mm -hmm. bubble you but for now, if it's just causing and having an intense emotional reaction so you feel a load of shame or you feel embarrassed or you feel scared, just disconnect from that. You can either unfollow or mute or take some time off from that, okay? Because what you need to do away from social media is work on yourself. In order, and this has happened to lots of people, in order to build a great presence online, okay, or in order to build a great life in general offline, so not using social media, you need to understand what's important to you, so your values. You need to be able to understand what you almost believe in, um, how you see yourself, like the big who I am question, or who am I question, what your goals are, um, what you want to go after, who you want to be around, like who you want to be within your friends and family, your, your purpose, what you're meant to do. You want to figure out all of those things because staying in your lane and understanding what you want, it almost builds up a suit of armor and where all these little things where you see Susan slash Jane, whatever we called her again mm -hmm. on the beach, you become a bit more, I wouldn't say bulletproof because we can all get triggered by little things. I sometimes see things online with other people and I'm like, whoa, why did that just affect me? It's because we're human. You know, we are programmed to compare because we're social animals. So we don't need to completely get rid of comparison. Comparison can be an amazing thing because it can inspire us. But if you're in a situation where, as you said with the question, where it's hindering you and it's just hurting you as you're doing it and you can't use certain things to inspire you to feel better, do better, think more, learn more, whatever, then you need to detach a little bit and stay in your lane for a while and look at what am I doing? What is true to me right now? And build up those fundamentals, as I said, as values, your strengths, your traits, your warts and all as well, as you say in the UK. So your, um, I wouldn't say weaknesses, but things that you might get wrong, understand those and see where the gifts of those are. Once you build that, as I said, it's a suit of armor. And that's when then you can present yourself to the world. And these little things about comparing yourself to somebody's outer world, as we said earlier, suddenly doesn't affect your inner world as much. That is exactly where I'd start is go on the path to discover that and build yourself up as a, a stronger, uh, more independent individual. So you're not at the uh, whim of the world around you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Would you say that if someone were to be very 
unconfident and they're spending a lot of time on social media, would that be pulling them away maybe from their true self and finding their true purpose, just spending all their time on social media and not so much focusing on themselves? Yeah. If you're as coming back to what we said earlier, social media can be used to either help or hinder you. Okay, it's a it's a tool, it's a bridge. So if you're using it as a mechanism to make you feel worse about yourself, or that you're doing these things like comparison, or you find that you're maybe following people that are, are quite skin deep, because there's a lot of people out there that sorry to shock you all that are there just for the wrong reasons. Um, I was in an article uh, which I. Uh, did about two years ago which is a great article but I kind of regret saying stuff sometimes I forget to edit myself it's um there's two types of influencers out there and influencers don't like being called influencers by the way they hate it but I just have to sort of do it for my market but yeah there's two types of influencers out there there's purpose-led influencers and then there's brand bitches basically and what that means is and I kind of regret saying it because I could put it a little bit more delicately but it's people that are building a following just to get an end goal which is money um, is to like work with any brand that they want to and is, there's no substance to it. They all fake vulnerability because they know it's engaging for actually being truly vulnerable, okay? It's not because they're evil people. It's just the world it is, okay? it's That's the way it is. They're not bad people. They're just caught in a realm, okay? I've had conversations with these people who want to work with me. I don't work with them or I tell them the truth and then they decide if they want to work with me and they turn it around. The other side of this is more purpose-led, which is basically what we talked about is putting truth out there is about talking about things that you genuinely care about not you're faking to care about it because it's going to get you more engagement or followers but you genuinely do and you can stand behind everything you say i think that's massively important if you can go from that purpose-led side of social media and maybe if you're looking at things whereby it can inspire you and it can teach you maybe more about who you are and what you want to do and be inspired and maybe model some things that people do because we've all got heroes and mentors out there that we think I would love to be a bit more like that because we have it in us and our personality wonderful if you can't it's time to disengage and just do it with yourself a little bit more if you're really struggling with self-worth or self-esteem you know it's great to read books on YouTube those are fantastic if you can and if they work for you wonderful but sometimes it requires a bit more work because it can be deeply conditioned and that's why getting a little bit of help there's loads of things online uh, where you can work with people there's obviously coaches but there's also things in therapy there's there's group stuff um, communities and things like that to really go after it because we all deserve to have a strong level of self-worth and we don't deserve to feel so terrible about ourselves mm -hmm. by scrolling on an electronic platform showing off people's usually exaggerated lives we don't deserve to do that so that, that's what I would like for people to do yeah I think that's insane how over the past like decades life has changed I mean I'm not sure if you saw the social dilemma documentary on Netflix but mm. it was insane to think about how it's literally controlling our lives and before this never used to be a resource for us to have just a post 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 or receive 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 and now it's just literally there at the palm of our hands and we can do whatever we want with it and sometimes it can be negative so i think that's yeah. a really everything you said was super important i'm so glad we got to talk about that but i think now i want to dive into some of the questions that my listeners left for you are you ready for some of these they're so good i love i love it because when you messaged me and said oh i can i can send you the question repair and i was like no let's just send it over <laughs> we'll do it live shoot from the hip and i may regret this but i'm gonna bat myself that we'll see <laughs> I am, i'm sure you won't i think these are great questions that um you can provide some awesome insight on so number one someone submitted and said i have a really hard time believing in myself a major case of imposter syndrome sam do you have any beginning advice on how to overcome this yeah, imposter syndrome or believe in yourself is typically based off two things. And they're two things. One's called self-compassion and one's called evidencing. Okay. So to believe in yourself or something that's known as self-efficacy, which was, I think, coined by a guy called Albert Bandura in the 60s, I think, where it's basically how you build up a belief in yourself and how you can attain goals. So often when you feel an imposter, you feel like you can't, you can't achieve things or you're not good enough in that area, even though that you've made it. A good little task to do straight away, the first one I said is evidencing, is where start to specifically look at evidence of why you are enough to be there, okay? Things that you've done, things that you you thought of, moments of magic and brilliance that you've done, 
also try and get some feedback from people say you know just get some feedback and say you know what are some things like uh that you feel like i'm doing well at or that i can do better at get some feedback because sometimes external stuff from a great boss or a great friend or a great colleague is wonderful when you they can see things that you can't see mm-hmm. things yourself you're building up evidence of why you are something at the moment you're doing what's known as negative evidence in which is evidence of why you're not something and that's a very much a fear-based approach okay Fear is a wonderful thing because it tries to make you aware. It makes you think, okay, how can I be better? But we all want to be better, but we don't want to do it living in fear. We want to be better from a place of passion. Okay, I'm excited to go after challenges. Okay, I'm excited to get better in this. Hey, I'm going to prove myself wrong. You know, all those sorts of things. So one thing's evidence in. The second thing with people that tend to feel imposter syndrome as well is they don't have a good level of self-compassion, okay? Self-compassion has sort of got skewed in with the self-love world because they sort of mean the same thing. But I have a bit of a uh, bugbear, I suppose, or I have a bit of an issue with self-love because it's become super fluffy. And like, again, it's a wonderful thing, but we also got to be able that we can use it. It's great to say self-love, but it's like, well, how do we actually do that? Yeah. So self-compassion is basically the way that you talk to yourself, okay? The relationship with yourself. There's a few things that you can do with that. First of all, start to think about your best friend or someone that you're around that just has great energy that you think, I love spending time with this person because they just make me feel good. Start to gradually plant that voice in your head and start to talk to yourself a few times a day like that person, okay? What that person would say to you. First time you do it, you're going to think this is stupid. You're going to think, what's Sam on about? But you start to look at a different perspective of different challenges or different things that you're feeling within your work or outside of that. That's a great thing to do. Self-compassion is also not just constantly being like, you're amazing, you're so great, you're wonderful. It's not, because we need evidence, right? We need to be direct. So your best friend is not, if you do something stupid, which we all do, your best mates are not going to go, it's fine, you're amazing, don't worry. A good best friend is going to be like, hey, we know what you did was a bit silly, but everyone does that. Let's use it to our advantage. What can you do to move forward? What can we do to help you right now? Okay, how can I attack this instead of shrink and shrink down? Those sorts of things. Words that you speak to yourself with and how you hold yourself make a massive difference. That's a great thing with imposter syndrome. So more evidence of why you are capable and are enough in those areas. You've got to build that up. You've got to do the work. Okay, all of this requires work. You can't just magic it. And the second thing is, shifting from more of self-criticism okay and fear-based into self-compassion and being more passionate about yourself and passionate about taking on some of these challenges and getting better those would be some great starter points to get on with it that was a perfect answer it's funny a few months ago like in the beginning of my podcast journey i did an episode all on imposter syndrome and i didn't use the exact wording you said but one of the things that i said was make a list of all your accomplishments and make the list of the like a physical list even on your phone where when you're feeling those imposter syndrome feelings you can open that list and just read through them and remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. So the evidence-based things, super cool. Love the connections. It reminds me that I'm not talking bull crap all the time. Like there's actual (laughs) evidence out there. It's real. So um, next question, if you could tell your younger self any advice, what would it be? Probably tell the truth. I think that would be the big one. I had a interesting like teenagers, like a lot of us, that I sort of was super confident when I was younger. And then in high school, when I started to struggle a little bit with mental health, and that was something you just didn't talk about as a guy back then. And I didn't really understand it because I was a young guy and it really knocked my confidence. I'm naturally a more sensitive person. It makes me good at my job because I can understand people a little bit quicker. I can feel different things from people, but it also makes you a little, potentially makes you a little bit more anxious or a bit on edge, you know? And when I wasn't very confident, I think in my later teens, I used to probably exaggerate a few things around people to sort of make myself sound better or be better. Um, and it was great because you could almost fake your confidence and you might get the response that you wanted. But I noticed probably in my early 20s and yeah, I'd say just before I started coaching that it was something off. Like you'd people aren't out there. Like I wasn't somebody going around just telling lies. I don't want to mispaint what I was doing, but it was being truthful with myself. I was just becoming like a bit of a chameleon around people. I was, um, and then saying things because I thought it would get a certain response and therefore I would be accepted or whatever like that. And it's amazing how that, even though it may looks like you're getting forward, it does undermine your confidence because you don't trust what you're saying. So telling the truth for me is, is a really important thing. It's something I hold myself to now because 
I'm in a job where I've got to sell myself. Like I'm on like a podcast like this. I've got to like tell the truth. And it can be easier sometimes to say something or exaggerate something or because you're under pressure. But I always try as much as I can to catch myself and say, is this what I really feel and mean? And that was difficult in my teens because I struggled with confidence and um, maybe in my early 20s and aspects of my career when you're starting up, you know, you want to sell yourself and things like that. But I can honestly say now that as far as I'm aware, like everything I say, I'm, I push out, this is who I am as much as possible, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, it's an amazing thing. And I think when you're going through the really tough or transitional time in your 20s, and a lot of people in their 30s have it again as well, is that you can be really truthful and honest with yourself. And that just gets you to where you want to go in the best way. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't really cheat the system there. It's a great thing for the old well-being and the self-esteem that we talked about, all those things that we talked about. Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, how old are you? I don't even think we covered that. 31. 31. Okay. So, I mean, you've had some time since your 20s to think about that, but I think we're all at fault for that. I mean, I can tell you I've done that, but it's something that we need to work through, especially in our 20s, especially. So something I'm definitely working on. Um, Number three, um, someone asks, what is the best piece of advice someone has ever given you? Oh, I've got – that's a tough one. I've been given quite a lot by mentors um and trainers and th- things like that uh, a, f- a few that cropped to mind because there's, there's probably a few i'd love to narrow this down to one but i always it's one of those questions wherever i think oh what's the best bit of advice like you know when you're lying in bed or you're on a walk or something like that and you think oh that was good advice it's always hard when you get asked yeah. it directly what, one thing i got told by my dad when i was on uh on benefits i was a few months in i was really down on myself i was working in a waste factory i was working in the UK, something called Greg's, where they, it's a bakery, basically. I was working there. I was working in a shed with two dogs, doing um, some marketing experience. Just anything I could do to get cash, I didn't want to be on, on benefits and getting support from the government. Um, I came in, I was really down on myself and, and everything. And I, he said, there's two types of people in life. There's uh, victims or there's people that suck it up and go and sort it out. And that stuck with me. That was a bit of a turning point uh, for me in that moment. And I always look at it now because... I'm a coach. That does not mean I have a perfect life, which is what a lot of people think that life coaches are amazing at life. That's not true. I practice what I preach, but we all have down days. We all have moments where we're not on form and on fire. But whenever I may be feeling a bit down on myself, when maybe a project isn't going well or whatever it might be, is that, okay, I can either choose to be a bit of a victim now and and, and stay in this place or I can make it work. I can look at it to direct me mm-hmm. in a better direction. So I think that was it. Um, we all have things, some to much higher varying levels that we struggle with and we can be, play the victim, but we're all dealt a hand. I got dealt, I thought I got dealt quite a good hand. People have been dealt terrible hands in life, but you look at some of these people that have been had really bad hands and what they've done with them, it's incredible. So I think we all get dealt a hand. And if you could not fall into the victim or, or, or vic- victimize yourself, I think with that yeah. and really play it as best you can, that's great advice I got. And that's definitely what I try and live by at least. No, that's a great piece of advice. What, my best piece of advice someone's ever given me is very similar to that. It's just use every scenario to the best it can be. So it could be bad, it could be good, but it's the way you react to something is how it turns out. So you could treat someone like crap because you're having a bad day, but that reflects more about you than it does about them. So it's just taking every scenario and making it the best it can be. So totally feel you on that one. Next question. This one's a good one. We kind of touched on this already, but we can dive a little bit more into it. Um, Someone asked, fear of failure. It eats me up at night. How to or even begin to overcome this? Yeah, people get failure wrong at every single level of life. It's amazing. It's one of the most, you said about common things I work with people on. That is one of them that I probably missed earlier. Um, Fear of failure, first myth. Um, People have quotes that say, you know, uh, fear of failure. No, failure is just feedback. You know, it's, it's okay. No, that's not true. When you fail at something, it sucks. It feels bad. It's meant to feel bad. That's okay. You're meant to have some level of emotional response. So first of all, don't be afraid of the emotion that comes with fear. Now, the framing of fear, uh, of sorry, the framing of failure is what messes people up. People are either failing for two reasons. One is something called active failure, okay? Active failure means that you've tried, you're trying at your best, you're making some effort, you're taking maybe a few risks, you're working at it, and it doesn't work out, okay? That's called active failure. That is beautiful. You need loads of active failure in your life because it shows that you're trying, you're learning, you're gaining wisdom from that. The opposite, which I hope this person asked the question, 
isn't in, but it, it might be quite likely, is what's known as passive failure. That because they're afraid of failure or they're afraid of messing up, what they do is they don't act. They wait. They hold back. They don't work at it. They don't work hard. They don't take any risks. They play it safe. And then they're in this passive failure mode. That is not good for the soul. That's not good for you. And that's just a news flash for people. Okay, you've got to face the reality. Your choice as a human being becomes, do I want to stay in passive failure? So I'm failing anyway. I'm doing the very thing that I'm scared of. Or do I just want to remain in the realm of being fearing failure and staying there? Because it's all failure at the end of the day. The difference is, are you in active failure? Are you trying? Are you doing something? Are you trying to move forward? And if you're a bit scared of it, which we all have our little fears, start with small things, okay? Start with very, very small steps. Trust me on this, because I work with very, very talented people. The best people work in small steps. They work in little things. They do the small steps, or as we talked about earlier, the foundations very, very well. So if you've got a fear of failure, you're failing anyway if you're scared of it because you're not taking action in it. Just frame it like that. I'm failing anyway, so I might as well do something about it. So uh, the good side of failure is active failure. So we want to be start doing some stuff. Go for it. You have one or two of these little wins. Then you have a little bit of failure. And you think, hey, I failed. Okay, at least I tried. And then you go for the next little small step. That is builds so much character. I see it time and time again with people. So I urge this person and everyone else to Accept that when you fail, it sucks. I hate it when something goes wrong, but I would much rather be someone that actively failed and learned from it and got wisdom and moved forward in small steps than someone that's passively failing and just doing the very thing that I'm scared of because I'm not trying and going after stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it goes right back to the it just it's your decision on how you react to something. So actively failing. And I never thought about it like that. I always thought failure, you take the lesson you learn from it and you keep moving forward and try to change things. And that's active failure. But I never thought about it in the opposite. And I guess a lot of people do do that. They sit in this fear of failure in this episode of failure kind of because it's comfort maybe. Um, it's very comfortable to be there. And I've been there before where I've been too scared to make a change because I was afraid of failing, but I was just sitting in the comfort of my own failure because I didn't want to experience other failure. Do, like, does that even make sense? Yeah. Comfort is a wonderful word, a, a, a better word that's also linked to the mind as well, which maybe can help people is familiar. Mm -hmm. Okay. The mind loves things that are familiar. So whether it's good for you or not, if something's familiar, like smoking or uh, sleep oversleeping mm -hmm. or whatever else like that, if it's familiar, the brain goes, yes, do that more because it's familiar. Okay. Even though you know it's wrong, it will try and trick you to keep doing that. It doesn't like things that are unfamiliar. So loves familiar, hates unfamiliar. If pushing yourself a little bit and taking some steps to take a risk or try something out and work a bit harder is unfamiliar, your mind will do everything in its power to trick mm -hmm. you not to do that because it's unfamiliar. But guess what happens? Once you do it, and then maybe you have a little bit of success, uh, you do it and you move forward, and you, you look back and you think, oh, wow, I've got a bit further or look where I am compared to last week or where I was from yesterday. Your mind goes, oh, this isn't as bad anymore. It's more familiar to me now. It's less unfamiliar. So then it will react to it. It'll stop making excuses. It'll stop we all have it, don't we, where our mind like tricks and say, oh, you don't need to do that. You just sit on the sofa a little bit or, oh, this is actually going to be really bad because your, mind, your job of your mind is to protect you. Mm. That's what it's really looking at. So it wants things to be familiar to you. So make things that are difficult familiar your mind will be on board with you and it does get easier it really really does well i hope whoever asked that got some insight from that because i sure did because <laughs> um, we dove into that which i loved so i just have two more questions for you one um what is the most challenging thing you deal with in your career it's probably ensuring that the pressure i put on myself to do a good job mm -hmm. doesn't overwhelm me i'm I used to think, and I probably was when I first started, if I'm very honest with myself, that I was probably overly motivated by like growing myself and becoming like this well-known, the best life coach, like as in like the best as in like what other people would see me because I wasn't, I didn't have as much confidence. Even in my very early years of, of doing it when I was like first training and things like that and doing stuff for free. So I was very much cared about what I might look like to the world. Mm -hmm. So what that became then or what what I realized as I went through my career is that my biggest motivation is to be very good at what I do that's what I get a big buzz out if I do a good job on something that is my big thing and I sometimes can put a bit of pressure on myself to do that pressure is great because it does make you perform it keeps you aware keeps you sharp 
But naturally, when you do anything, you can make mistakes or it's not perfect and whatever else like that. So my job, we all have these, what I like to call like little dangers. Everyone has them and we've all got to keep guard of them. No one does, has anything in their mind that's completely perfect. No matter what these books you read of these gurus that saying people, these angelic people, we don't, we all have them. And our job again is to be honest with ourselves and be and be able to talk about it to others. You know, I'm on a podcast now, people listen and I'm saying, oh, sometimes I put, I'm a coach and I do this. It's, but it's, it's the reality. Mm-hmm. So I've got a very, my challenge is always myself. And as much as it's a minimal thing, I sometimes have to keep guard on that and just check in with myself. Am I trying too hard? Have I got to let go a little bit here and just flow a little bit more? I think that's mm-hmm. very important to me. Um, there's loads of other things though. There's loads of <laughs> big challenges and daily challenges and things like that. It, it's, there's loads, but um, it's all again, coming back to the failure stuff. If you're actively moving forward with it and trying and working at stuff and not trying to be perfect, it's all good. You're always then learning and growing and you can be more and more yourself, uh, which is a great feeling. And that's what I, I hope a lot of people do. Yeah. And I think that's something that's extremely relatable to all my listeners because I know a lot of people have told me before that they're way too hard on themselves and they just expect so much out of themselves, no matter where you are in your career as a life coach, if you're a doctor or you work in event management, like everyone has an expectation for themselves and how they should work. And we can sometimes get really hard on ourselves. We're our worst critic at all times. And like you said, you have to keep in check with that. And personally, if I don't keep in check with it, I go insane. Like I will lose myself completely. it's kind of crazy about it, but that's the that's why I come back to earlier. It's practicing then what mm-hmm. I'm preaching and what I'm talking about, which is when I get that, for example, the the thing I do straight away, or I say straight away, you sometimes it's very unconscious sometimes mm-hmm. you re, you don't realize, and then once you realize after an hour or whatever it might be, when you're in that little funk where you may be putting pressure on yourself to do too good or putting too many expectations on yourself, you come in and you think, right, self compassion. It comes back to you, right? How can I talk to myself better? Mm-hmm. Okay, not just gently you know everything's hey, going to be okay but really like you know, okay hey stop being silly okay what, what do we need to do here it's a, it's going to be right okay i can do x y and z it's practicing that or building up evidence of why you are something or lowering the expectations because it's actually hindering you rather than helping you put forward so you've we have to practice what we're talking about none, none of this you don't just get to some realm where suddenly everything's perfect yeah. that's not that's like we're human beings but it's making sure you can sort of practice all these things that you read or all these all these youtube videos you watch or all these podcasts you listen to it's it's practicing those mm-hmm. things as best as you can and you progress over a period of time so yeah it's 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 very very important it's, it's very humbling as well i think that's important for people that's a really good reminder that we need to be working on it each and every day. No one is perfect. Even those influencers, even on social media that are putting out these lives and they seem like they got everything covered, but little do they know they're working with Sam. <laughs> Sue, Susan and Jane, they're my two clients. Yeah, Susan right? and Jane on the beach, you're, yeah. you're only two clients. <laughs> um, okay. So we are coming to the end of the episode, but to sum everything up, I like to ask all my guests this. I think it's a really good summary of what we go over, but the person that's listening to this is struggling and they're struggling with a bunch of different things, things that we talked about today, whatever. You're speaking directly into their ears. They have their headphones on. You're talking directly to them. What would you tell them in this point of their life as they're struggling? I'd probably ask them a question. I wouldn't tell them anything. I'd ask them a question. I'd probably ask them if you did everything that you wanted to do over the next 48 hours, if you were being the person that you wanted to be and not being the person that you feel like right now, what would you do? Like, how would you think? How would you go about things? And I'd ask them that and I want to see how they then see the world differently and what it is that they actually want or what's important to them or what they want to feel or think. And I dive down there because as much as it's great to give advice as far Mm -hmm. as take ownership, small steps at a time, uh, get support, those sorts of things. Amazing things happen with asking good questions, okay? Mm-hmm. That's just one question. It's, I may take it in several different questions. I don't know. But I want to know, like, if they had 48 hours to act, think like, or feel the way they wanted, what would that look like? And start to paint that picture. So we've got something to look at. We've got an alternative reality or a different perception. And then you build from there. And then you can start to potentially, as you go down and look through that, you start to look at, 
okay, well, there's his step one that I need to look at right away. And it can be the smallest thing. Like we said on Instagram, okay, I need to unfollow or mute some of these things because they're just, they're just mm-hmm. triggering me at the moment. Okay, R- one reason or another they are. Well, step two is, you know what? I need to have that conversation with my boyfriend because we just need to open up the conversation. Or um, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to spend a night just chilling uh, with no electronics and just read a book because I'm overwhelmed at the moment and I need to make time for myself. And the list goes on and on and on. But you have to start from that place of just seeing the world a little bit differently. So I'd ask them a question. That is an answer that I haven't gotten yet, but I loved it because it allows us to really think about it and allows my listeners to, after this episode that they log off of, really think about who they would want to be for 48 hours. And maybe I'll even create an Instagram post where people can comment these things and we can interact. But Sam, thank you so, so, so much for being here. It was so lovely chatting with you. Please tell everyone where they can find you. Instagram, your coaching, all of it. Let them get in touch with you. Let them know where they can find you. Yeah, I love getting DMs and different things from podcasts and things like that. So yeah, over at Sam Jones Life Coach on Instagram, take a look. I'm trying to up my Instagram game because it's funny because I work so much with clients in that and they're in that area. My Instagram game's gone through the floor. Like I just, <laughs> I post like once a month. My story game's terrible. Like I was looking at you, what you were posting. It was great. So uh, yeah, at Sam Jones Life Coach on there. Um, I am posting more now. Um, so I'm getting more stuff out there. Uh, and then my website as well www.20someone.co.uk there's a load of good information there I've got another website but that one's probably the the best one there's a lot more information there um yeah but, but it was great I really appreciate being on it was a good conversation awesome and as always guys Sam's information will be directly down in the show notes so you can click right through and he'll be tagged on all the Instagram posts so Sam thank you again so great chatting with you and listening to all your wonderful advice thanks so much guys i hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as i did talking with sam he is awesome he's just such a cool guy and he has so much wisdom that he has gained over the years from coaching over 300 clients and growing his business and just going through everything he's been through in his 31 years of life so if you guys enjoyed this episode make sure to give the episode a share to a friend or a share on your socials and make sure to head over to instagram and follow sam as well all of his information is down below in the show notes and he'll be tagged on all of our posts over on the instagram at the purpose project pod so definitely go give him some love shoot him a DM, tell him you came from the Purpose Project. I know he'd love to hear it. So again, thank you guys so much for your support. I am so excited for the months to come with the podcast and everything that you guys are going to be hearing in the next few episodes. Some really exciting changes and things coming with the podcast that I'm just going to give a little spoiler here. That's that's it. That's all I'm telling you. I'm going to get you guys excited for what's to come, get you guys engaged and amped as much as I am, which I don't think that's possible. I'm probably the most excited and amped person I know, but I digress. That's another conversation for another episode. All right, guys, I hope you have a great day or night wherever you may be in the world, and I'll talk to you next week.